amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, and welcome to Killer Queens, a true crime podcast. I'm your host, Torella. And I'm your better, prettier, younger host, Tori. We're sisters who are obsessed with true crime and love gal palin with you about cases. You can expect the occasional curse word, lots of friends quotes, and all the 90s nostalgia. To get in on the conversation, check us out at KillerQueensPodcast.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at KillerQueensPodcast. And we're on YouTube at KillerQueens, a true crime podcast. Okay, y'all, grab your Capri Suns or your Surge and let's talk about some true crime. Mm. Hey, guys. (laughs) We're just going to go ahead and tell you now. Open your windows. Mm -hmm. Make a pile. Yes. If normally when you throw all your shit out the window, you save like your sentimental stuff or special stuff and you're like, I don't want to throw that, you know, all that's going out. No, mm-hmm. Nothing's safe. No. It's all no, no. going out. I also really enjoyed someone the other day said that it's too cold, so they're just going to throw everything in a garbage can. Whatever you got to do, bring a dumpster in. Mm-hmm. Whatever you got to do if it's too cold. Just saying. Burn it to the ground. I don't. Whatever you feel you need to do in that moment is like what you feel you need to do, you know? Yeah. Like this is a safe space. Exactly. But the anger that you're going to feel will need to, you need to have some sort of an outlet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your husband walks in the room, throw his ass out the window. I just, <laughs> there's no, nobody, nothing is safe. I just cannot. I do think that we need to talk about some business though before we get into it. Sure. Yeah, so we have a Patreon, mm-hmm. and we have, well, I was going to say thousands, but that would be a lie. We have hundreds of episodes over there if you so choose to enjoy them. You can get them at the $10 or up level, and all of them are ad-free, so they're there for your binging pleasure. Yes, totally. and. We also host a weekly live show on Spotify Green Room. So if you want to come chit chat with us about cases where you can actually like talk with us, we get to hear your sweet little voice. Yeah, and get in on the action. Yeah. Join us Tuesday night, Spotify Green Room only, 8 p.m. Central. Yes. All right. All right. I think we should just get into it. Yeah. Oh, one thing really quickly though, if you're not on our email list, you are missing out. Mm-hmm. Your emails are amazing. Yeah. You should totally join our email list. And that link is, if you want to sign up, it's totally free. Killerqueens.link slash join. Just pretty easy. Should be easy to remember, but I couldn't remember it. So killerqueens.link slash join. Get our weekly emails. You'll always be kept up to date on all the cases we cover. That way, if there is something on the Patreon that we cover, and you're not a member, you can at least know what's coming up. So if there's cases you want to hear, we also have weekly, it's a weekly email. So you just get it once a week. 
And we have weekly 90s throwbacks. So there's all kind of like core memories unlocked. Like you will love it. Oh, yes, absolutely. And we do want to start out this episode by saying there are a few trigger warnings. We want to let you know that this case involves murder, violence, gun violence, and unfortunately, terrible police work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, we want to thank Liana Brunetten for requesting this. And thank you to Mark for writing it. Yes. Thank you, guys. Yes. All right. So in December of 2006, Ryan Waller was in an interrogation room speaking with Detective Paul Dalton. Remember that name. Waller was being questioned about his girlfriend, Heather Kwan, whose body had been found shot in the house the couple shared with another roommate, Alicia. Ryan looked like he'd been in a fight with some wounds on his nose and cheeks and what appeared to be an extremely swollen black eye. Okay, so full transparency too. This was going to be a mixtape, but we felt like it needed more coverage. So we scooched it over to the main feed last minute, like right the second we did that. <laughs> Normally on the mixtape, just to give you guys a little taste, we kind of, you know, set the scene and then we always go back to the beginning. And when we go back to the beginning, one cannot do that without immediately thinking of Hillary Duff's, is it Come Clean? Sure is, yeah. the name and song, yeah. But she says, let's go back to the beginning. So we'll give you a little taste. Let Hillary take it away. You get to listen to Hillary go back to the beginning every week on the murder mixtape. Just saying. And if that's not reason enough, I don't know what is. Exactly. Let's go back. Back to the beginning. Christmas Day 2006, Ryan Waller and his girlfriend Heather Kwan were enjoying a lazy day at home with their only real plans being to go to Ryan's father's house later that night for dinner. At some point, they heard a knock at the door and Ryan went to answer it. When he was opening it enough to take a peek outside and see who it is, he saw Richie Carver and Richie's dad, Larry. Now, when this case first occurred, there were lots of incorrect information out there This is because most of it was taken from Ryan's interrogation, which, as we will discover later, was not the best source. So initially, Richie was reported as an ex-roommate of Ryan's who he had, quote-unquote, beef with. And it was reported by some that Richie had hit on Heather and that upset Ryan. Others reported that Ryan and Richie had an altercation that involved a firearm before, but there is absolutely no evidence of this. When Ryan first moved into the house they were living in, he had a different roommate, a little guy named Eric. But before Ryan moved in, Eric lived in the house with Richie. They had a falling out. Eric kicked Richie out. Then Ryan moved in. Eric at one point talked about hearing some noise coming from the backyard. And this was as far as we can tell before Ryan moved in. This was one night he was going out and he found Richie creeping around. Eric had his gun with him and told Richie to go kick rocks. And this is the alleged altercation with a firearm that was being attributed to Ryan and Richie, which didn't happen. 
So even though he no longer lived there, Richie was still hanging around with neighbors and just generally in the neighborhood. So when Ryan was moving in, Richie was there and saw that Ryan had some pretty nice stuff. When Ryan was younger, he took an interest in the guitar and even taught himself how to play. His dad said that he was the type of person who could hear a song being played and then within a very short amount of time, he could play it himself. He had a few nicer guitars and a computer and various electronics and this caught Richie's eye. I mean, guitars are can be really expensive. Oh my gosh, yes. Very, very expensive. And the equipment that goes with it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Amps and all that crap. Mm-hmm. I don't know what all goes with it, but I know it is expensive. Pedals, those can be very expensive too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pedals to the metals. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> that was a pity laugh. Thank you. Okay. Back to Christmas Day. Ryan looked out the crack door. He sees Richie and his father, Larry. They tried to push their way in and Ryan tried to close the door, but Richie reached his hand through and shot Ryan in the head. So Ryan falls back and the men burst through the door and they shoot him again. Then they went to where Heather was on the couch, and they shot her as well, killing her instantly. They gathered up whatever items they could make out with, and they fled the scene. Don, Ryan's dad, had been calling his son throughout the day to remind him of Christmas dinner. Dinner came and went. Don tried to reach his son again, and he's calling because he's not getting an answer, and he's just like, hey, making sure that you're still coming. Like, what's the deal? And he just, he can't get an answer from him. So when he doesn't get an answer about why did you not show up to Christmas dinner? Mm-hmm. Don and Ryan's mom drove to Ryan's house. Once there, he knocked on the doors and got no answer. And he said that at this point, Ryan had only been living at the house for like a month and a half. The garage was closed, so he couldn't tell if Ryan's car was there. And he legitimately just didn't know if Ryan was home or not. At 10 minutes to 8 p.m., they called the police and asked if they could do a welfare check because they were worried about Ryan not answering the phone. And if he was going to miss the dinner, he would have at least called them, you know, to tell them like, hey, we're not going to make it to Christmas dinner. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a big deal. Of course it is. Yeah. The dispatcher said they would have an officer call them back. And it was around 1130 p.m. when the officer finally called back. So they explained the situation and the officer said they'd come out and do the welfare check. At some point between the time they made the first call and the time the officer called back, they left Ryan's house and went to get some coffee. Don estimated they were gone 15 to 20 minutes max. In that window, Alicia had come back home and was now in the house. About an hour, or I'm sorry, about half an hour passed and the officers finally showed up. So they don't know, Don and his wife don't know that Alicia is there. Mm-hmm. Because she showed up, you know, it's just she just happened to show up in that window, which is like crazy. It was around midnight by this point and about four hours from the time that Don says they originally called the police. That is so ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. I guess at this point, though, it's like we do know that police get a lot of welfare check requests. And at this point, you know, it's not known that anything has happened. So, you know, I guess they do kind of put those off some, but. It just sucks because they definitely needed help. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I'm not saying that this is the part that the terrible police work happens, but it's unfortunate because we know what we know. Right. So the officers knocked on the doors and windows. They got no answer. Alicia was inside the house, but she assumed that Ryan would answer the door. One of the windows had vertical blinds and they were kind of swaying back and forth a little bit. 
I, there was like a fan on kind of blowing yeah. it. And it was just enough for the officers to peer in and they could see a body. They immediately told everyone to back up and they set a perimeter. Okay. Now, generally when an officer or officers see a body or someone in distress, they can intervene and enter a home if someone's life is in danger or they suspect someone is deceased. We've seen this so many times. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we just did a case on Green Room where they see. They didn't even see any bodies. No, they, they saw footprints in the snow that had a red stain. And mm-hmm. so they were like, this could be blood. We need to get in there. Exactly. Somebody could be hurt. So they make entry, right? That's not what happens here. The officers outside Ryan's house said they had to wait for a search warrant. And they did. And it took an hour to get it. And they said that because it was a rental house and Ryan didn't own it, that they were required to get the search warrant. So they're just standing there for an hour waiting and they see a body that is not moving. That's somebody that could need medical help and they just wait. It's so, it's unfathomable. It's it's ridiculous. Okay. It's going to get so much worse. So they've got the search warrant now, right? It took an hour. They get the search warrant. So they're going to bust down the door, right? Mm, <laughs> well, No. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Instead, they call the department locksmith and they wait for him to come out and attempt to pick the front door lock. When that didn't work, they moved to the back. There was a sliding glass door that led into the kitchen and another standard back door that opened into the master bedroom. As they were tinkering with the back door leading to the master bedroom, it opened. Ryan was standing there looking like he'd been in a fistfight, battered, bloody, and his left eye swollen and black. What I don't understand, and there's like no information about Alicia, like what she heard, what she saw, like she's in the house at this point. Yeah. And I get that like somebody knocks on the door at first and you're like, okay, Ryan will probably get it. These people are standing out here for hours and they continually knock on doors and windows. Right. Why are you not getting up and answering the fucking door at that point? The only thing that I can reckon is that maybe she was asleep at this point. Yeah, maybe she like took a nap. Yeah, because it just doesn't make any sense why she wouldn't have opened the door. Right. I don't know. 
And I do think that it's important to point out, so we're saying that he has a black eye. You don't understand how bad this black eye was. No. I mean, you've got to look it up. Like, mm-hmm. seriously, we've we've definitely got the pictures on our Instagram. So you can check there or you can, you know, Google it. I mean, it is bad. It yeah. is bad. And for the last hour or so, Don and Ryan's mom had been forced to stay away. And for some reason, like, there is nowhere that we can find his mom's name. So we just have to call him Ryan's mom. They knew that the police had seen a body. And his assumption was that it was Ryan's body. So they are an absolute wreck. They think that the police are going to go in and recover their son's dead body. Mm-hmm. But they, the police had told them to like, you know, go away. We've got to handle this. And like, you need to back up and all that kind of stuff. There were about 10 police cars on the scene and a helicopter overhead. And Don saw them go into the house. And then about three minutes later, they come out with someone in handcuffs. And at first he didn't realize it was like who it was. The house was at the end of a cul-de-sac, and due to the police sectioning the area off, they were about 75 feet away. So Don is on one side of the cul-de-sac, and Ryan's mom was on the other. And Don saw when they brought the person out, but he really couldn't see much more because the person's head was kind of covered. He could make out that it looked like the person had an injury on their face. And then his wife shouted, hey, that's Ryan. Like She's like, oh my gosh, this is him. So Don tries to walk up past the police tape because, you know, this is his son and he thinks he's hurt and has been attacked or something. Like, he doesn't know what's going on. He wants to go check on him and see if he's okay. And an officer stops him and tells him not to go near the car. And he's like, no, no, no. I I just need to see if my son's okay. And Don says that the officer, like, bumped chest with him and was, like, taunting him. And was telling him, like, if you take another step, like, you're going to be sorry and all this stuff. And he's like, all right, you know what? It's Christmas Day. I don't want to get arrested for this. Like, I need to figure out what's going on. It's not, you know, it's not going to do anybody any good if I go to jail. Mm -hmm. So he backs up. He says about five minutes later, a fire truck and an ambulance pull up and they go inside the house. And then they come back out around 10 minutes later and they get in their vehicles and leave. He said nobody checked on Ryan in the back of the police car. They only went inside the house. And Don felt like, okay, well, that's a good sign that like Ryan's okay and he's not injured. And he said at that time, he didn't know that Heather was dead because again, they didn't pull anybody out. So he just figured everybody else was okay. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't see anything happening. So Don gets an officer's attention and he asks about Ryan again. And the officer told him that Ryan was fine. He just had a black eye. And then they told Don and his wife that they just needed to go home. They, they were like, it's going to be hours before you're going to be able to talk to Ryan. You just need to go back home. So Ryan was placed into the... Book of- <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> um, Ryan was placed into the... Book- <laughs> what are you trying to say? I don't know. Um, why can't I say <laughs> patrol car? Patrol car into the pa- <laughs> twice. Twice. <laughs> okay. Let me try that again. One more time. Hmm. Ryan was placed into the patrol car around 1 a.m. He sat there for almost four hours. And around 5 a.m., the lead detective, Paul Dalton, get angry, get angry. Yeah, I have so many eye rolls going on yeah. right now told an officer to take Ryan to the station and he's going to interrogate him at this point. Oh my God. So now we're going to get into the interrogation. Ryan was taken to the station. He had some pictures taken of his face. His clothes were taken and he was given a white jumpsuit. 
His clothes had some blood on them, so they were taken in as evidence. And then as he's taken into the interrogation room, he is left alone for a few minutes. As he's sitting there, he's not cuffed, but he finds cuffs dangling from the table and he puts it on himself. The whole time he's sitting there, you can hear him, for lack of a better word, whimpering to himself in a way that makes you think that he is in pain. And just by looking at him, I think that you could tell he's in pain. Yeah, yeah. And I guess we should just like, there is a video. First of all, you can see this interrogation on YouTube. Mm -hmm. It's worth watching. Yes, it absolutely is worth watching. There's also um, a YouTube video. I think the guy's channel is called This Is Monsters. It is absolutely called This Is Monsters. Okay. And it this was a really, really good coverage of this case. Yeah. yeah, because he actually talks to Don. So a lot of this information is coming directly from Don's words. And there's interrogation like mixed into it too. But you can watch more of the interrogation on its own. But just to let you guys know, those are both some really good things to watch. But you have to see this interrogation or at least part of it to really understand just how bad it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Dalton entered with another person and this person appears to be collecting additional evidence from Ryan's body, particularly from his feet. So they have him prop his feet up and they take pictures for a few minutes. And as this is going on, Ryan continued to whimper and he was like, I just want to go to sleep. So after he said at one time, Dalton said something to the effect of, if you have a concussion, doctors will not let you go to sleep. Yeah. So he already, right off the bat, he's saying, if you have a concussion. So now we're saying it's possible that you have a concussion. But I don't care. We're doing this interrogation. You don't need to go to sleep. That's the only issue. Yeah. So Dalton sits in front of Ryan and he introduces himself. And then he quickly confirms some details about Ryan, like his name, date of birth, social security number. He asked Ryan if he knew why he was there. And Ryan said he didn't. Then Dalton reads him his Miranda rights. But before he asked if Ryan had ever seen cops or CSI. No idea why. Maybe just to be like, this is what we're doing here. Uh, To which Ryan initially said no. And then he said yes. And Dalton read the rights. He asked Ryan what the highest grade he attended in school was. Okay. So is this making any sense? No. Not one little bit. Mm -mm. Ryan has no fucking idea what he's talking about. No. I mean, at one point when Dalton is like, what's the highest grade you completed? And Ryan's like, B? Yeah. B? I mean, he's... And he's like, no, not a letter grade. Like, what grade? Did you graduate high school? Do you have a GED? I don't know. And he's just like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, he's yeah, so you frustrated. Tell, he's Yes, he's so frustrated because he doesn't understand what's going on. And then Dalton, in return, is getting frustrated because he's like, he thinks, for whatever reason, because he's a fucking terrible police officer and interrogator, that Ryan is just trying to evade questions. Yeah, not like, okay, so this is clear signs of head trauma. He's already said he might have a concussion. And did you now, just say this is clear signs? Did I? Yes, you did. I can't sit here and let you speak like that. Oopsie. Um, these are clear signs. Yeah. My bad. Of head trauma. He's already said he thinks he might have a concussion and now he's not understanding simple questions and, and he can't respond to them appropriately. But put a pin in that. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, put a big pin in that. But also, this reminds me of, um, because he's also really, really tired, right? He just keeps saying he wants to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. And he's frustrated. He's so tired. He's just like, oh my God, I just want to go to sleep. Well, and you can tell, I mean, he's like resting his head on his hand. He just seems completely wiped out and just not with it. Yeah, he's struggling to stay awake. And I remember one of our friends 
ran like a 5K or something once and she had a really bad headache and they like it was her and a group of girls that were running it together or whatever. She had a really bad headache. It was a super early 5K for some reason. It was like still dark outside when they got there. And so she asked one of the other girls she's with, she's like, hey, do you have like Tylenol or anything? Like I've got a really bad headache. And she's like, oh yeah, I have some in my purse. So she like fumbles around in her purse. It's dark. She gives her the Tylenol. And our friend is running this 5K. And she's like, I felt so tired. And she was like, you know, the sun came out and it was so bright. And I was having trouble like, keeping my eyes open because it was so bright and I kept like looking down. And then the other girls were like trying to, you know, would try to like talk to her, get her attention or whatever. And she, they were like, she was being a turd. She was just so tired, but she was cranky. You know, she was just like, what? No. Yeah. You know, just like really snappy with her answers, which she didn't know. And the other girl didn't know is she'd actually accidentally given her Tylenol PM. So she ran a fucking 5K on Tylenol PM and she was exhausted and all she wanted to do was go to sleep, Mm -hmm. but she didn't understand what was happening. And so she was just like, when you're that tired and you're just struggling to stay awake, you are cranky as fuck. Like, and that's what he's doing here. He is so wiped out. Like you said, he just wants to lay down and go to sleep. I mean, it's a good thing he didn't go to sleep, but he needed medical attention. Absolutely. And that's the problem. Yeah. So this is how the interrogation began, and it might not come through, but if you watch it, it's very evident that something is obviously not right. So from there, Dalton starts asking questions about Heather and if he knew her. He asked Heather's last name, and Ryan initially couldn't tell him, saying, I don't know what name she's trying to use as her last one. Yeah, which also doesn't make sense. And he he also at one point is like, no, I don't know Heather. Yeah. Well, and at this point, they had been dating for close to a year. Yeah, and they live together. And right. he's like, and he says, do you have a girlfriend? He's like, no. He's not yeah. sure. Well, all the answers that he gives him at first, not all of them, but a lot of them seem, he's like, like he's questioning his own answer. Uh-huh. No? Yeah. B? It's I, not I It's know. not ringing a bell. Yeah. yeah. None of it's ringing a bell to him. Right. So Dalton asked what happened to Ryan's face and he said he didn't know. He told an officer earlier that someone had hit him and Dalton brought up, that fact. And Ryan said that it might've been Heather. And he was like, it was an accident. I don't know. And Dalton asked what was an accident. And Ryan's response was Heather's last name. So obviously there's something wrong here. He has absolutely no idea. Right. What is happening or what they're talking about? No, where even is? I mean, it's like, yeah. So at this point, detective Dalton, if you choose to call him that thought that Ryan killed Heather and maybe Heather got a few licks in before he did. But he's thinking that would possibly explain the possible concussion and the way he was acting. Either way, a concussion, even if, Mm -hmm. and we'll get into it later, of course, but let's just say that Ryan had killed Heather. If you are a suspected criminal, even if he did it, you have the right to medical attention. Mm -hmm. No matter what, you always do. Yep. And they always get their, like, medical needs addressed, and then they will interrogate them. Yeah, and sometimes at the hospital. Yeah, sometimes sometimes at the hospital, yep. Dalton continues questioning Ryan about Heather and if they had an argument. And again, Ryan said it was an accident. And he was like, she was just helping Christina with her hair. She was on the couch. Actually, he says at first, because he's like, and also, who's Christina? Like, right. He's like, yeah, I I don't know. 
First, he says Heather was giving Christina head on the couch. And he's like, she was doing what on the couch? And he's like, she was helping Christina with her hair. They were on the couch. And he's like, who's Christina? And he's like, I don't know. (laughs) He's just like, he's not making any sense. No. So Ryan gave a few details. Then Dalton moved on to Alicia and Ryan said that she lived there. Dalton asked about Eric and Ryan. Uh, asked about Eric and Ryan said that he knew him, but he didn't know where he was or what his phone number was. He also, Dalton keeps calling Alicia Ashley. Yes. And Ryan's not correcting him. He's like, okay, so Ashley lives with you. And he's like, uh, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so again, he's not correcting him. Her name is Alicia. He would fucking know that. It's his roommate. Well, and Dalton should know that too. Yeah. He should have the wherewithal to just get her her name right at the very least. So Dalton, again, asked what happened last night. And again, Ryan said he doesn't know. He said that Heather hit him in the eye and then he went to sleep. And Christina and Heather were at the house. Heather was on the couch. Then Dalton scoots in a little closer and he was like, you told me Christina was on the couch just a minute ago. The way that he said it in his body language makes it seem like he thought this was like a big, oh, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Totally caught you in a lie. And he thought Ryan was going to confess. And Ryan followed up with, I, I don't know, man. I really don't. I really don't know, man. It's just so sad. Like, mm-hmm. you see him just struggling so much. Like, we never find out who Christina is. No. You know? Is this not an indicator to Dalton that, like, wait a second. We went inside that house. Heather was there. Alicia was there. Surely they've talked to Alicia. She doesn't mention Christina. There's no other person in the house. Yeah, there's nobody in the house. This didn't happen. This Mm -mm. is not happening. Like, why are you taking it? And you're like, well, I thought you said Christina was on the couch. So, ha ha, gotcha. She wasn't fucking there at all. There was no Christina. Mm -hmm. Like, no. How is this? How is this like closing the case for you? Right. And Dalton continues. He's like, well, you you really don't know or you just don't want to tell me. And Ryan's like, I, I really don't know. I just want to go. I just want to go. I just want to go to sleep. And Dalton is like, well, Ryan, you're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. So Dalton asked Ryan what happened at the house again and asked if Ryan owned the house. Ryan said he did, that he purchased it, which was not true. He rented it. And he asked what happened. Dalton said that he really didn't know what happened and asked Ryan to tell him. Then he points out Ryan's nose and said there was a big chunk of it missing and asked if you remember what happened. So he's acknowledging the injuries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, Ryan said that he didn't know over and over again. And Dalton asked if Heather did that to Ryan's eye. And Ryan is like, no, Alicia. And he was like, I swear, I'm not even lying. I swear, I just want to go to sleep, man. <sighs> so Detective Dalton is like, Ryan, there's a dead girl in your living room. And Ryan's like, she's dead. And Dalton says, yes. Ryan, Heather. Dalton, I don't know. I don't. I want to know what happened in your house last night. And And Ryan... Also put a pin in that. He says last night about 67 times. Yes. What happened in your house last night? Last night. Yeah. Because this is the early morning hours of the 26th. Yeah. So last night being Christmas Day. Right. So Ryan's like, the girl on the couch is dead. And Dalton says, I don't know if she's on the couch. She's dead. Ryan says, well, these people came over. Richie and his dad shooting arrows and darts, bows and arrows. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Dalton then questioned him about Richie and he asked if Richie was a former roommate and Ryan said he was. And Dalton is the one who brought up Richie being a former roommate. Yeah. And Ryan just agrees. He didn't offer that information up by himself. But the and thing even is they never did. They never lived together. Yeah. They never lived together. And even if he did offer that up himself, he's clearly misplacing memories and 
you know, yeah, he's not in the right thoughts. frame of mind to be answering these questions. Exactly. So then Dalton says, they came over and they hit you. Now it's Richie that hit you and not Heather. And Ryan said it was Richie and his dad and they were trying to get their stuff. And he went on to say that they each had revolvers. And Dalton was like, you said they had bows and arrows. Now they have revolvers. And then what happened? <laughs> Ryan says, then they shot us. Dalton, they shot both of you. Where'd they shoot you? Ryan, I got shot in the eye. Dalton, you got shot in the eye with a revolver? Ryan, I think, I don't know, man. I don't know, fuck. Dalton, then what happened? Ryan, I, I don't know. Dalton, you don't know a lot. <laughs> Ryan, oh, I, yeah. Ryan's like, I don't know, man, I really don't. And Dalton says, did you shoot Heather? I heard you have a lot of guns in your house. He just told you he's been shot in the eye. He looks like he's, and you even said he's got a chunk of his nose missing. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, you shot Heather. This is, it's too much. You're telling me, you're, you're all over the board here, number one. You're saying bows and arrows, you're saying revolvers, and you're saying some other thing, and they, you're saying they shot you in the eye. Okay? They shot you with a revolver in your eye. Yes. Is it. it a BB gun? No, it was a real gun, man. It was just a if revolver. They shot you in the eye with a revolver. You wouldn't be talking to me right now. How do you know? It was most likely you'd be dead. That's what I thought too, man. I really don't know. Okay. I really don't know, and I just want to go back to sleep and try to go back to bed. You're not going back to bed. Okay. That's not going to happen. All right, but what happened, man? What am I going to do? Just tell me what I got to do. I Get your feet off my chair is number one. Number two, what happened to Heather? I don't know, man. I really don't You're know. You're now saying Richie and his dad shot Heather. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Yes. And they shot her with a revolver. Yes. And did not use any gun. They came with those guns. Mm-hmm. And they came through the where? They were breaking through it the back. through the back by your door, or is there another door? Through the back door. Through the back door? Is that off the kitchen? Mm-hmm. Dalton pushed Ryan further and further, and you can see Ryan getting upset. And Dalton's like, you're all over the board. You're saying bows and arrows. You're saying revolvers. You're saying that they shot you in the eye. Okay, they shot you in the eye uh, with the revolver in the eye. Was it a BB gun? And Ryan's like, no, it was a real gun, man. It was just a revolver. And Dalton says, if they shot you in the eye with a revolver, you wouldn't be talking to me right now. And Ryan goes, how do you know? And Dalton's like, because you'd most likely be dead. Ryan says, that's what I thought too, man. I just, I really just don't know. I just want to go to bed. I mean, like, so, Ryan literally is like, because he said he got shot in the eye and then he went to sleep. Mm-hmm. I think he thought that he died. I think so too. And then he's like, yeah, I thought I would be dead too. Like, I don't understand what's happening. I just want to go to sleep. I just want to go to sleep. Like, I cannot imagine the frustration. He's like, I just want medical attention. I just want to be out of the situation. And then fucking Dalton is like, well, too bad for you. It's not going to happen. I mean, he's, yeah, he's literally pushing him to have conversation when he clearly, there is something wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. 
online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. So from there, it turned into Ryan trying to recount the story of what happened. Dalton is pushing him further and further, just trying to get him to confess. And Dalton tries to go over the events from the night before again. And he brought up Ashley coming home, which is, you know, we know as Alicia. He had mentioned the name earlier, but he, you know, just trying to say he meant Alicia, but he was saying Ashley because he couldn't even bother to get the name right. Yeah. So again, Ryan just says he doesn't know over and over again. And he was like, just ask me anything and I'll tell you the truth. So during this point of the questioning, Ryan says that he just wants to go to sleep. And now he's saying that Larry is Heather's dad and they came over and killed her and shot him in the eye. It's not true. Mm -mm. It's not because he's lying. He just does not. He's mixing everything up. Yeah. So Dalton just asks, why did you shoot Heather, Ryan? Ryan says, I didn't shoot Heather. She was already shot once by her brother. (laughs) Bless his heart. I know. And he like, at one point he says, the dad's daughter or something. Mm -hmm. He like, he's, instead of just being like her dad or like Heather or whatever, because he's, you know, mixing up stuff. He's like, the daughter of the dad or whatever, he's like, you know, adding kind of extra steps into that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Heather and Larry are not related in any way, shape, or form. No. So Dalton sits in silence for a few seconds. Ryan puts his feet on the table and says, my feet hurt. I don't know why. And Dalton told him to get his feet off the table. And then he says, come here. Let me, let me see your nose. So Dalton puts his hand on top of Ryan's head and kind of moves it around so we can look at Ryan's face. And Ryan just keeps saying, ow, my head hurts. I mean, poor kid. He's got I mean, we'll find out his injuries later, but he is kind of, he's grabbing his head, like the top mm-hmm. of his head with his head. You know that hurt. Yeah, of course He's been does. shot in the face. Ugh. So Dalton finally pulls his head right out of his ass and is like, okay, I'll, I'll be right back. Dalton leaves the room. Ryan sat alone for three minutes. Dalton comes back in. He had more, like a more mellow tone in his voice, almost like he was actually human and realized that Ryan had been shot in the fucking head and was actually a victim here. So he said that, the ambulance and fire department were on the way and they were going to take Ryan to the hospital. Finally, 
Yeah. While they waited, Dalton tried to talk with Ryan a little bit and get info on Richie and Larry, but Ryan couldn't give them any info. A few minutes later, Dalton let EMS into the room and goes into like, I'm the good cop mode. So Dalton says, this is my observation. This might be an entrance. This might be an exit. And this might be an entrance into the eye. And he's acting like he has some serious head injury. Okay. He literally says that. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's on video. It's recorded. Yeah. But okay. Just yeah. but put a pin in that too. Yeah. 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 So <sighs> the EMS do their thing. They take a look at Ryan. They get his blood pressure, comes back normal. And they told him to get up and come with them. And Ryan's like, where are we going? And EMS is like, take you to the hospital, get checked out, bro. You look like you got shot in the face. And Ryan's like, I don't, I don't even know. Yeah. And he's like, is it bad? And the guy's like, yeah, it's really bad. Yeah. Like, he was like, you need to go to the hospital. Yeah. So Ryan was taken to the hospital and checked out. And at this point, Don is at home and it's 7 a.m. His phone rings. It was St. Joseph's Hospital. And they told Don, who was shocked, that Ryan was in critical condition with a bullet in his brain. Hmm. They rushed to the hospital. They saw Ryan in the room. The doctors told Don that they had to wait to perform any surgery because in the time that the police let him sit in the car, then the interrogation, an infection had started to set in. Yeah. So they needed to take care of that first before they could do any kind of surgery. They gave Ryan antibiotics and performed brain surgery on December 28th. Yeah. So they had to wait three days to do his surgery because the six-hour time delay that the police completely made happen. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. An infection set in. Of course it did. (laughs) Ryan spent 35 days in the hospital recovering. No one from the Phoenix Police Department came to talk to him. No arrests were made during that time. Three days after he got home, detectives called to talk to Ryan. And four days later, Richie was arrested. And about a week later, Richie's mom turned in Larry, Richie's dad. Jeez. I mean, this is insane. And like, the doctor told Don that Ryan had been shot once in the eye, which, you know, we know, but he'd also been shot through the nose. And that's what that nose injury was. Mm -hmm. And it's open. Like when you look at the pictures, you'll see that it is an open wound. Mm -hmm. But what happened when he got shot in the eye is he had an orbital blowout. So that like the socket, you know, kind of like, you know, the bones around your eye, all those shattered. shattered. And so those actually were embedded in his brain as well. It was like shards of bone inside his brain. But also, it opened up his like sinus cavities back there. And that's what caused the infection. Mm -hmm. Because all that shit is just like, you know, it's not contained in that side of sinus cavity anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. So when the police go to question Ryan after his hospital stay, and Don said this was like a couple days after he got home Mm -hmm. before they even come to talk to him. They could have at the very least like fucking sent a card or something to the hospital. Right. Sorry, we didn't believe you. Yeah. But that would be taking ownership and that's not something that they're willing to do. Yeah, exactly. Detective Dalton was not there when they came to question Ryan this time. They were told that he had a family emergency. So they put a new detective on the case. And then later in court, somebody said that Dalton had been taken off the case and assigned elsewhere. So they're basically just trying to keep Dalton away from this case because obviously he has fucked up majorly. Yeah. But I mean, don't worry. Dalton's job is secured. So yeah, exactly. I mean, because Dalton ignored literally every sign in front of him. He continued with this interrogation even though Ryan was making absolutely no sense. 
and had flesh wounds. Yes, yes, he was he was actively bleeding. Actively bleeding. At several different times it seemed like Ryan could barely string together words to form an actual sentence. Mhm. I mean, it had been hours between Ryan's injury and the time he saw a doctor. And when dealing with any type of traumatic brain injury, seconds count. There is no way of knowing how the delay in treatment affected Ryan's long-term outlook. And the Phoenix PD knew this. In the days after the attack, Heather had been taken for an autopsy. Her date of death was listed as December 25th. About two months later, when there were several eyes on the case around the country, they changed that date to December 23rd. Why? There are reasons. Uh huh. Changing the date of death to two days prior when the medical you you can tell. I mean, and if you can't tell if if somebody's been dead for two days or two hours, then we've got a big problem in investigations. Like mm-hmm. because we rely heavily on time of death for prosecutions, mm-hmm. and there's supposed to be a standard of figuring that out: body temperature you know, the way that the wounds look, all these things, the rate of decomposition. I mean, if she'd been dead for two days, her body would have been in such a state that it would have been obvious it hadn't just happened. Right. And Ryan's injuries would have been scabbed over. uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So Don claims that this change was made to offset the time it took them to get Ryan help. So if they're saying that he was shot on the 23rd, then the damage had already been done by the time he had him in custody that night. So that additional few hours wouldn't have made a difference, you know, because they're like, well, he already was delayed 48 hours because we didn't know. And to be honest, if it had happened on the 23rd and he had not gotten medical attention when he actually, like in the amount of time that he actually did get it, he would probably be dead. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he spent 35 days in the hospital. He -hmm. was in absolutely critical condition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and if he, yeah, if he had gone to sleep, which is what he would have done if he'd been at home for 48 hours, you're right, he probably would not have woken up. It also came out later, though, 
that Dalton had another incident with someone involving getting rid of evidence and poking in on a particular suspect. Nope, Trilla, nope. you just said poking. I sure <laughs> did. Oh my God. I can't just be leaving half a words out. <laughs> you knew what I was saying. I knew, but nobody else did. Poking. My God. What even is that? Sounds kind of dirty. Ooh. Porkin. Porkin. Involving getting rid of evidence and focusing in on one particular suspect and then creating a narrative, which, again, why this kind of stuff isn't prosecuted, I do not understand. I know why. Well, yeah, I guess. Because they do internal investigations and they're like, we don't see anything wrong with this. Yeah, exactly. They're like, "Um, I checked out myself and myself said myself didn't do anything wrong. Exactly. And myself's hands are tied, so I cannot wave that. And I also gave myself myself a promotion while I was at it. Yeah. Based on myself's really good behavior. Exactly. Ugh. You understand. Exactly. So there was a guy, young man, going away to basic training. His friends were throwing him like a going away party. And during the party, some other guys showed up and they tried to crash the party and basically just cause trouble. So these guys, who were not invited, pull out guns and they open fire. and. This young man, whose name we do not have, had his own weapon and he returned fire and he ended up killing the driver. At that time, Arizona was a castle doctrine and stand your ground state. So this young man was well within his rights to defend himself and he was being shot at Mm -hmm. and other people were being shot at. So of course he could defend himself. So Dalton gets on the scene and he hears, you know, their story. And again, there's other people at this party. This is not just one kid's word versus somebody who's dead. You know, there's other people there. And Dalton is just like, yeah, I don't believe that. Uh, What gang are you in? And he's like, what? What do you mean what gang am I in? Like, I don't, I'm not in a gang. He's like, I graduated with a 3.8 GPA. I... Played a lot of sports in high school. I did JROTC all throughout high school. Like, and he said, quote, I kept myself involved in sports so I would avoid all the gangs and shit. And after school, joining the military was the next step to avoid that. Like, he really, really wanted to be in the military. He had worked four years to do that, mm-hmm. you know? But Dalton didn't believe him. And he was just like, yeah, you're definitely in a gang. This is gang shit. Like, you're in a gang. I, I 100% know you're in a gang. And guess what? Gang member, you're going to jail. Yep. He took him to jail. And then this kid sat in jail for two years while they were preparing for trial, which that is not a speedy trial, which you have the right to. And because he wouldn't take a deal, so they wanted to punish him. This is a case that they're going to have to take to trial. So they're going to drag that shit out, right? Mm -hmm. It's not off their books. So leading up to this trial, his lawyer had gotten a subpoena for Dalton's phone records which included text messages. And in the messages, there were some sent to the victim's family members telling them that he would give them the gun that they used and they needed to get rid of it. About a week after that text was sent, Dalton received one back saying, it's done. Thank God they subpoenaed those phone records. So during the jury selection phase, the young man's lawyer brought up the text messages and Dalton then decided he didn't want to talk anymore. He never showed up to court again. All the charges were dropped except for one felony for discharging a weapon within city limits. They had to get him for something, right? They had to get him for something. 
And he ended up pleading guilty to that because if he had not, and if he had lost that case, he would have had to pay for all of the city's court costs and all that. Mm -hmm. And he was, you know, he's like, I can't afford that. And already they're hiding evidence, right? They're playing completely dirty. He does not trust that they're going to play fair on this charge. Well, the thing about going against the police is the deck is not stacked in your favor. Right. Yeah. And they've got medical examiners that are going to lie about time of death. They've got, and not always, I'm not saying this always happens, but it happened in this case. So they've got people that they're persuading to follow their narrative Mm -hmm. and that's coming into court. You know, I mean, it's just ridiculous. So he ends up getting time served, but he's got a felony. He can't join the military now. He can never join the military. He can never vote. He can't legally own a weapon. And he was given a felony for discharging a weapon within city limits when he was attacked within city limits and returned fire to protect himself. Yes, I loved what the host of This Is Monster said. He was like, because you can you can choose where you get attacked, right? Yeah, yeah. He's like, hold on, bad guys. We need to go um, three miles this way so that we're not in city limits when we discharge our weapons. Exactly. And the thing is, this man that had all this happen to him, he's never been in trouble with the police since, before or since. This was the only incident. Yeah. The only time he's ever even spoken to law enforcement officers in any capacity. Like, Right. But the thing is, like, Dalton was found to have perjured himself because he'd already said, he'd already testified to all this shit in court. And then we find out that he's lying, right? Mm-hmm. He's perjured himself. He never gets charged with that. He never gets fired from the police department. He never uh, gets prosecuted for anything. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't go to jail. He doesn't spend any time. Like, none of it. It's just all fine. Great. <laughs> Eventually, Richie was convicted of Heather's murder and attempted murder of Ryan. And he was given life without the possibility of parole. Larry was going to go to trial as well, but leading up to it, his wife had a change of heart and she decided that she wasn't going to testify against her husband and she invoked her marital privilege. Heather's family decided that they wouldn't let that shit fly and they started a campaign to enact a piece of legislation that would go on to be called Heather's Law. And essentially, it states that if the police know that a spouse has information about a crime their spouse committed, they can compel them to testify. And this, the caveat that they added to it was because she came to the police first, right? They didn't come to her asking her questions. She turned him in. She turned him in. She gave that information voluntarily. So Heather's Law says, if you are going to give information about your spouse voluntarily, you cannot then enact your spousal privilege to not testify against them because you gave that information freely. If Mm -hmm. the police get it out of you, then I guess you can, you know, invoke that privilege and you don't have to testify against your spouse. But she turned him in. So in this situation, she would be compelled to testify. Exactly. Once that was passed, they had to fight to get it applied retroactively to Larry. The court ruled in favor of charging Larry again, and he was re-indicted in November of 2011. And after a 10-day trial, he was found guilty on all counts and sentenced to life without parole as well. After the attack, Ryan's life had been altered to the extent that he had to move back home with his parents. He had a section of his brain removed. During the surgeries, at one point, he had both of his eyes removed, but they put his right one back in. 
Several reports state that he lost both of his eyes, but that's false. He lost his left eye permanently and had a prosthetic after that. And Don said that almost immediately after arriving home, Ryan began to have seizures. He was put on medication for them to kind of control them, but it only slowed them down and it didn't stop them completely. And it sounds like... They were bad They were very bad. He had them very often and they were very, very violent seizures. Mm -hmm. He had several ER visits because of these because he would be like out and about. So like there was one that, you know, happened in a grocery store. And so he's having a seizure. He just goes down and he hits a concrete floor, you know, and he's already had like a fractured skull in the past. But, you know, he would get really injured and have to have stitches. And Don said one time he had a seizure in bed and his ankle got twisted in the bed frame and snapped. Like he literally broke his ankle. Mm -hmm. Like it's just awful. And he also said that Ryan was kind of like a person with Alzheimer's by this point. He couldn't remember things. He would tell you the same story 20 times. You know, I mean, he, he needed help to live. He couldn't take care of himself. Right. On January 20th, 2016, Ryan passed away. He had a seizure that caused a brain bleed to burst. And Don suspected that the bleed occurred from a previous incident when he had been in that grocery store and he'd hit his head on that concrete floor. And then, you know, he had another seizure and it was just too much. much. Because his death was directly related to a condition caused by the attack, Richie and Larry could have been charged with his murder. And Don said that after some time and consideration by the family, they chose not to pursue it. I mean, they were already in for life without parole. Like, they didn't want to reopen all this, you know. By this point, Don said all they really want is some kind of an apology or just for the Phoenix PD to take any type of responsibility for their treatment of Ryan. The city of Phoenix and the Phoenix Police Department are currently under investigation by the Department of Justice about several things, including how they police and investigate themselves. They did an internal investigation regarding Ryan's case and, of course, found nothing to be out of the ordinary. And Detective Dalton also said, like, oh, yeah, because they asked him in his deposition, what's your procedure for when you have a suspect that you're taking into custody, but they have an injury and need medical attention? What do you do? He's like, there's not really a procedure. We, it's just like a call. It's a case-by-case thing. Like, we just yeah, and decide. He's like, Clearly, first step, ocular pat down. Yeah. Nothing wrong with this individual. Yep. Then what I have to do is I have to think, are, am I asking questions and they're giving me answers that make sense to me? Uh-huh. And there was nothing out of the ordinary with Ryan. He was giving completely sensible answers to the questions that I was asking. Yeah, exactly. There was nothing out of the ordinary. No. And he's like, I looked at him and... You know, I didn't see anything wrong. It didn't look like he'd been shot in the face. I thought he just had a black eye from, you know, like being punched or something. But you go back to his interrogation video and he fucking says right off the bat, you look like you've been shot in the face. I think that this all goes back to Dalton's previous, in the interrogation, his statement where he was like, if you had been shot in the face, you'd be dead. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. And he also says multiple times in this interrogation, tell me what happened last night. Tell me what happened last night. Tell me what happened (sighs) Uh last night. Heather was shot last night. Somebody, you know, who shot Heather last night? Did you guys get in a fight last night? All this stuff. Yeah, what happened on Christmas night? Yeah, what happened on Christmas night? Then in his deposition, he is like, well... I mean, these were old injuries, so I didn't think they were a big deal. Like, he was totally scabbed over. 
The incident obviously occurred on the 23rd. I did not believe that it occurred on the 25th. And that's why I didn't think it was a big deal. I thought it was just a black eye. And it, it was it was very obviously, to me, an old injury. Bullshit. And also, he made the statements that he he was like, if you have a concussion, you don't need to fall asleep. So he's he's allowing there to be a possibility that he has a concussion. Right. This is perjury. Yes. On a good day. On a good day. Nothing. 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 Uh, like, uh, ridiculous. I freaking hate this man. Yeah. Before he passed, Ryan and Don had filed a lawsuit against the city and the police department, rightfully so. Listen to this shit. <laughs> it was thrown out because of lack of evidence after the internal investigation. They got the police department, got an expert witness, quote, expert witness, a medical doctor, to come in and say that the six-hour or whatever delay that Ryan had during the interrogation before he was able to get medical attention with things embedded inside of his brain made no difference whatsoever. It would have been the same outcome if he'd been taken right to the hospital. There would have been no, no change in his outcome whatsoever, so it didn't matter. And that fucking judge dismissed the case. So if you have anything left inside of your house, mm-hmm. now's the time. If you have nothing left inside of your house, you need to throw your house outside of its own window. Yes. Your hands are tied. Like there are no other options. Nope. It's all got to go. I mean, yeah. what is happening? I know. What is happening? And Don is very hopeful that after the DOJ releases their findings, they can bring the lawsuit back and put it before the DOJ to decide if it should have been dismissed in the first place, which it obviously shouldn't have. Yeah, spoiler alert, shouldn't have been dismissed. <sighs> and, it, you know, the biggest priority for the Phoenix PD is obviously not to fix their mistakes. It's just to make sure that nobody finds out about them. The DOJ is asking for people to contact them if you've had an interaction with the Phoenix PD. Particularly, they're looking for civil rights violations and police misconduct. They can be reached via email at phoenix.community at usdoj.gov or by phone at 1-866-432-0335. And in case you're wondering, Detective Dalton got to finish out his career with the Phoenix PD and he is retired. Just living a cushy lifestyle. Yeah, in good standing. Because don't they get like a pension and shit? Oh, I'm sure they do. Yeah, so he's just, like, living his life, having fun. No questions asked. He doesn't have to answer to anybody. Mm-mm. No big deal. And, like, we've got this one kid. I mean, Ryan is, de- you know, Ryan may have ended up passing from the bullet in his brain, you know, Even anyway. if he got Im- immediate. Yeah. We don't know, but. Sure, shit didn't help. No, it did not help. But that other kid. You know, mm-hmm. his whole life is drastically altered, too, because he can't he didn't get to go into the military, which was his like dream. He worked his entire high school career for that. He can't even fucking vote. Nope. He's got a felony on his record. So well, I'm and sure yeah, he has who, a hard time finding a job. I was literally about to say that. Who knows what kind of jobs he has been able to get because mm-hmm. if they do a background check and find out that he's a felon. Exactly. Or rent an apartment or right. any of that. Right. And he hid evidence. Like, how is that okay? Right. And honestly, that is the only saving grace that he had was the phone records. Because if they hadn't had that, nobody would be any of the wiser. And Dalton would just be like, yeah, see, 
Exactly. That kid probably would have got life in prison. Uh, 100%. Because it's his word against a police officer. Yep. Now, again, we're not saying that all police officers are crooked, corrupt, bad cops. That's not the case at all. Never said that. Never will. Mm -mm. We're talking about a specific instance of a shitty police officer. Yeah. Yep. And not great police work all the way around. Right. Yeah. Because there were other people who saw Ryan. I mean, anybody could have said this guy needs medical attention. I mean, this is just ridiculous. Well, and the work of one police officer detective reflects the entire police department. Like that's, it's just how it is. You got one bad egg. Unfortunately, nobody looks good because they're not taking care of this. Well, yeah. And it's not, you know, these cases aren't worked on like in a vacuum. It's not just like Dalton's the only one who sees any of the case evidence or anything like, you know? Right. Yeah. And they continued to have him on. All they did was just, okay, let's move you over here so nobody sees us. Exactly. It's, it is, oh, it's so, it angers, it angers the heart. Yeah. It's infuriating. I mean, just infuriating. I feel so bad. For Don and, oh, yeah. you know, Ryan's, and, and Ryan's mom. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, of course, let's let us know what you think. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Oh my God, you guys, we have some new patrons. Yay. Yay. So excited. So we want to give a Hey Girl thanks to Angel Shutt, Christina Harris, Katrina Payne, Nikita Sika, Hannah Story, Emmy, Susan Papala, Patricia Oliviera, Renita Bruiser Almanza, Abigail Hanby. I think I said Bruiser, Brewer, sorry. Abigail Hanby. Wait. Now, now I'm getting confused. Amber Blevins. Eden. Stephanie. Jennifer Take It. Bunny. Nicole Smith. Alice Cowhick. The Megger Suit. Hmm. Taylor. Lucy Clark, Rome Muller, Caitlin Leonard, Sam Sheridan, Christina Rose, Chelsea Gench, Trish F., Rebecca Mahoney, Isabella Jacobson, Holly McGill, Heather Fordyce, and Michaela White. Thank you guys so much. We Thank love you. you. And we're sorry we ruined your name. Yeah, hopefully you can forgive that. We're, we're besties now, so we forgive each other, right? Hopefully. Yeah. Love you. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this case. Connect with us on Instagram or Facebook to continue the conversation. Thanks for listening and we will meet you back here next week. Bye. The theme song for the show is created and composed by Stephen Toby. You can find more of Stephen's work on SoundCloud. Our logo was created by Sloan Williams of Sophisticated Crayon. You can find more of her work on Etsy. Visit us at KillerQueensPodcast.com for merch and other info about the show. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.